further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, it is a good day for us to be chatting. I'm excited for our listeners to tune in on this conversation. This is definitely a conversation mm-hmm. and a conversation about current things. So have you got your drum roll? Brrr. I have had a bee in my bonnet. I have had a burr in my saddle <laughs> about cancel culture. Yes. Da-da-da-da. Good old cancel culture. <sighs> it's actually as old as time, not just as old as the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important we just start off, what do we mean by cancel culture? Well, the way it's getting used right now, it kind of in a big spectrum way is, you know, big, important, influential people are found to have done something in their past that gets hauled out into the present and some of it probably does need to be dealt with and sometimes it's stuff that's already been dealt with and it's just like boom because you once did this once said this you are now canceled we're gonna um, boycott you we're gonna ostracize you we're basically gonna shut you down as an influencer Mm -hmm. you get fired you get raked over the coals yep so and the internet judges have won yes so I listened to a podcast last week where the guy said like the um the internet is a mob just waiting to happen. Or social media is a mob yeah. just waiting to happen. Just waiting for the latest thing to come along and boom. It is that. It uh, yeah. And it's like bloodthirsty. Yeah. And it is. It's lacking in respect and honor and value and the importance of a conversation. One of the I think it was um a UBC professor got fired recently because he liked a comment on social media. I just have to say I've accidentally liked things before. Right? Like you're scrolling and you press the button and you're like, oh, that's, no, that's not what I meant to like. Or you like something that has, you know, I'm thinking about one of my friends posted a question the other day. It was such a good question. I didn't like all the nuances they added to it because they were raging against the Christian machine in it, but it was still a good question. Mm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, there's a good conversation to be had here. But we can like something. What are we seeing we like about it? I was saying I liked the conversation that we were having it, not I liked what he was saying about the quote-unquote Christian machine because no, I just no, no. made me crazy on another level. But social media does not do nuances nope. or that well. It's impossible. Yeah. You can't see in someone's eyes unless you can have the whole conversation and have it respectfully. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see a lot of respectful conversation. I see a lot of attacks mm-hmm. with opinions. Yeah. Not and a I lot would, of question yeah. asking. Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say... and. To be fair, I have seen people do things on social media well. Absolutely. Right? Bring things up that need to be talked about in a, this is important, I will not back down from this way, but without the, hey, I'm the jury, judge, lawyer, I've made the decision, this person is done. Yeah. So part of what makes me crazy about it, say like this professor, is that he, I don't know him. I don't know anything about him, but he obviously had some credentials to get to the place where he's come. Whatever he's teaching, he's studied, he's researched, he has something of value to offer. And his whole career got shut down because the university wanted to distance themselves from this like on a social media. Mm -hmm. That makes me crazy. It's completely devaluing a human down to one moment. Oh, goodness. Right? And I'm just thinking... We're seeing a generation now where it's like they did have social media when they were 15, when they were 12. Mm-hmm. And you think back the things that you you said because you thought you sounded really like smart and like cool when you were 12. To now it's like immortalized on the internet. Just there. Yeah. 
And that's a reality that we're all living with. So that is what it is. Yeah. But the thing about cancel culture that makes me just like, again, I'm just going to say it over and over again, this podcast, it makes me crazy, <sighs> is that we are hopefully all, I'm going to use the word evolving, growing, maturing. There's Things that I thought 20 years ago, I don't think now. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, things that were culturally acceptable 20, 30, 40 years ago, they aren't anymore. But if we're holding someone to the standard of the meaning of a word today compared to the value that it had at that time, it doesn't work that way. Language changes every 10 years. Yeah. Like That's an interesting study. But you know, words that was completely not ever thought to be rude for me to say when in 1975, it's not okay to say it anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, I, was, I took history of medicine. Or- yeah. Yeah, history of medicine in university. And the very first day, the history professor was like, we're going to learn a lot of things and we need to be able to evaluate their usefulness Mm. as it was at the time or their effectiveness at the time. Okay. He's like, if we go in with our 2003 Mm -hmm. mentality. That old age. I know, right? We're going to look at everything and think. You barbarians. Their whole system. Yep. There was nothing good about this. Look how, but if we look at it from where they were, where they were going, he's like, it, you can see the progress that way. But if we stand, whatever, 200 years later, looking back, yep. we'll see, man, nothing has been done. They were terrible people. And, and the same thing applies same here. Thing. Exactly. Exactly. And I've been in, I have been in seminary classes where someone, well, there was quite a cry in one of my classes to kind of tar and feather Billy Graham. Mm. because of how he fathered his family because he was on the road all the time and didn't he know he needed to make his family first. And I'm sitting there listening to this going, why are we all dressing up as Pharisees right now Mm -hmm. and saying we need to cancel the effectiveness of his work because he did something that we now consider culturally not okay. And I think it also just speaks to a bigger thing of like we, as in humans, Mm -hmm. don't do good holding the tension of, man, people can be a mixture of, man, really amazing things, but also not good things. And how do we relate that to, right? Where it's like, how can we say, man, yeah, you know what? It seems like Billy Graham family suffered, did suffer. And maybe there's some wounds there about absent father. And yet look at what else. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a both. And if we're looking If we're seeing it through the thing of either people are all good or they're all bad, and if there's one bad thing, that means all the good is gone, everyone is canceled. Exactly. It's just just waiting for the time. Yeah, we're all canceled. And actually part of what feeds this frenzy that makes me feel like a crazy person again is that we all become like Pharisees. So we are quickly, hotly pointing at what is wrong with other people, making sure everybody else knows that we know what's wrong with them. And we're protecting ourselves mm. by making sure we're on the right side of this line. Yeah. And it just becomes this ugly thing, again, that's full of shaming and accusation. It's about self-preservation. I got to quickly pipe up and make sure you know where I stand on this issue. So I'm on the right side of the line. And it, us and them increases mm-hmm. more and more. So that is just ugly and evil in and of yeah. itself. And what's interesting is, as I've, as I've had kind of conversations with people around this, is speaking like that of like, man, we're right side, wrong side, all that stuff. The, the thing that comes up is, well, what about accountability? Mm-hmm. And to that, I say cancel culture is not accountability. It's Actually, two different it's things. punishment. Yeah. And those two are very different. Yeah. So let's talk about what the difference would be. 
Yeah, so punishment is, hey, you did something bad. I'm punishing you. I'm ostracizing you. You get over there. Shut up. Sit down. Whatever. Accountability is your actions, what you've said, have created messes. Yep. You need to clean the messes up, right? I I love Danny Silk's book, Unpunishable, Mm because he does such a good job of of weaving this whole thing of what does it look like to offer grace, redemption, but what does it also look like for accountability? That there are consequences, but we as believers are called to walk with people in the redemption and accountability. It's not punishment and it's not denial. Yes. And that is like the Jesus model. Mm -hmm. Jesus, he didn't cancel anybody and he's the only person who actually could cancel all of us. Yeah. He didn't, but he could have. Because mm-hmm. every single one of us are people in need of redemption, yeah. of growth, maturing. And if our past was always held against us, none of us would be able to stick our heads out the door. Mm-hmm. It can't. And Jesus, he, he didn't ever cancel anyone. He raised them up. Yeah. There's a story in Luke 7 that I love. It's one of, it's one of those ones that always kind of gets me right in the gut. <laughs> Jesus has been invited to this Pharisee's house, and he, he's sitting there with this man who's like really influential. He's an influencer. If Jesus cared about those things, he could have really worked hard to align himself with the cool kids, you know? Yep. And we talked about that in our uh, woman with the bleeding issue. Yeah. That he could have could have gone with the synagogue official. Right. And then curried some favor there. And while he's sitting there in this guy's house, this woman comes in. I don't understand how their houses work. That you just walk in, but this woman comes in and she's known to be a sinner. And uh, she and she just comes in up to Jesus and she pours this really expensive oil on his feet and she's wiping it with her hair and her tears are running down on him. And like everything about this is so awkward, Amy. I'm it's, just thinking I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, what is this person? Right? Doing? I'd be dying. Yeah. It, it would be awkward. And you know, there's nothing that tells us that Jesus didn't have a choice every one of those times to pick mm-hmm. where he was going to land on something. He, he's not stupid. He knows this is weird. And this is uncomfortable, but he sees her heart and all's like Simon, the Pharisee sitting there canceling this woman. She's Mm -hmm. a sinner. And if he was a prophet, he would know she's a sinner. So he's ready to cancel Jesus now. Right? Right. Both with one one stone, kill two birds with one stone. And Jesus is just like, man, this woman, she's been rescued. Mm. She's been raised up instead of the reason she's pouring out her, her love like this shamelessly, but the right kind of shameless her whole life, she's been shamed for being a sinner. Yeah. An evil woman, a woman of ill repute. All the little snotty things that decent men like Simon would have thought about her. And Jesus has seen her there. And he has healed her heart and raised her up out of her shame. And now she's just pouring out adoration on him. And Simon's sitting there wanting to cancel her. It gets me every time. And then Jesus looks at Simon and he doesn't shame Simon. Right? Like, that's the like, thing. We, again, I'm saying we as the body of Christ. Yep. We don't do the second part well either. We don't. Right? Because then it's like, oh, you're being, yep. you know, you're being a jerk. You're being yep. judgmental. This group, how dare we turn around and we're yep. crapping all over other members of the body in some weird, like, hey, we're defending these people. Yeah. But it's the same thing, actually. Yeah. So if you're sitting there with your keyboard and you're like super anti-capitalism yeah, and you see them as like the Simon Pharisees of the world oppressing, 
you know, you think you're on the side of Jesus because you're just against all these horrible capitalists that are so mean to the homeless people, right? Like put the scenario into our culture. Mm -hmm. Jesus is sitting there looking at Simon, the capitalist or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, like you put your title on the people that you think are the oppressors. Mm -hmm. Do you have any desire to see redemption in them or do you just want to punish them? Yeah. Because Jesus doesn't, he doesn't shame Simon. He says, hey, Simon. I'd like to say something to you. And Simon's like, sure, go ahead. It makes me laugh every time. He's like, he's no like, idea what's coming. He's like, agree with me what's happening here. Yeah, exactly, right? And then Jesus talks about this little story. If you were forgiven $500 debt or $50 debt, whatever the money is in the story, who, who would love more? And so he doesn't shame Simon either. He has a conversation with him that allows Simon to see his own heart. But nor does he back away he doesn't, and just pretend it didn't happen. Right? But he's not shaming him. No. And so this whole idea that we're going to call people out and we're going to shame them and we're going to show them their sin, I hate this. Yeah. Because you know what? It, those things have never changed anybody's life. No. it drives Shame drives things deeper. Shame has never redeemed anyone. Yeah. It doesn't work. But Jesus goes and has a conversation face-to-face. And you're like, well, I can't have a face-to-face conversation with every person on the planet. Well, obviously you can't. But here's one of the things that I think is actually powerful. And maybe somebody would go, oh, that again. Well, no, actually it's powerful. You pray for people. <laughs> and he's like, that's not what you saw coming? I was wondering. I was like, what? Oh, that again. And I was like, prayer. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but seriously. Okay. Hot topic person. Trump. Right? Yeah. Oh, everybody's got an opinion. Oh, yeah. Whatever. He has strategically placed people in his life that could speak wisdom and hope and encouragement and, you know, whatever. You disagree with him, you could actually pray for him. Mm -hmm. Pray for people around him. I'm not going to say where I stand on this whole thing because it's too complicated. But we can actually, God says, pray for your leaders. Mm -hmm. This this actually made me crazy. There was a worship leader whose songs we sing, Mm -hmm. songs I love. He had an opportunity to go pray for Trump. Mm -hmm. And... A bunch of people just lost it on the internet and said, stop listening to his music, stop following him. He went and prayed for President Trump and you know all the bad things President Trump has done. I'm just like... As if as if praying for people implies that you agree with them. Every single thing they've ever said. I wouldn't pray for anyone. This is the cancel culture, right? I wouldn't pray for anybody. I wouldn't pray for you, Amy. If that was the basis, yeah, I'd pray for nobody. Right? You've said things I don't agree with the end yeah and you've seen me lose it and have a really crappy day so you know that i'm actually not a very good person right you better not pray for me like it's so counter the culture of jesus who shows up in the home of the pharisee who is the oppressor of the day Mm -hmm. with the woman who is clearly the broken messed up person yeah and he doesn't cancel either one of them Mm -hmm. either one of them he redeems, he aims at redemption of both of them. We don't know what happened with Simon at the end. Yeah. We do know a whole bunch of Pharisees actually became followers of Jesus. It talks about them in Acts. We forget that. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a really, really big deal. So Jesus doesn't cancel anybody. He does redeem everybody mm-hmm. that wants it. And you know, even when people didn't necessarily come to agreement with him, he was okay with that. He just showed up both fierce and compassionate. And I think people feel like if we're saying, oh, you can't cancel anybody, you have to be like this mamby-pamby, 
Or the thing of like, no matter what someone does, they That's deserve nice. grace, and that means there's no whatever. There's We're no accountability. Saying, hey, mm. someone raped someone years ago. Yep. It's now coming into like, no, 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 we need to... You know, not deal. Uh, no, no, we can't. No, that's not all we're saying. Mm-mm. We're not saying, hey, people's actions don't have consequences. We're not saying that things don't need to be brought into the light and dealt with. Yeah. We're not saying going forward, there's no consequences, no boundaries, no accountability. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. We're saying to simply cancel, shut people down, shove them into a corner. And say that everything they've ever done no longer has value. Is not the way Jesus goes. It's not the way. No, not at all. I, uh, podcaster, I, well, author, whatever, a woman I've been um, following and listening, actually listening to her podcasts, right? It's okay. amazing. <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Even the ones I recommend. I know, right? Highest curated lists yeah. that I have given you. Yeah, her name is uh, Dr. Anita Phillips, and she does a lot of stuff around. Mm-hmm. She's a um, psychologist as well as a pastor. And she does a lot of stuff around mental health and scripture and mm-hmm. how scripture actually talks about mental health and how to do it well in amazing ways. She's really good. But one of the things she said is, um, she's like, man, we need to change cancel culture to counsel culture. Wow, that's good. Where instead of just canceling people, it's like we have conversations with them to see where they're at, to hear their journey, to, if they do hold those things, to... to engage with them and and talk to them and and encourage health and wholeness and self-awareness and healing yeah and that's what jesus did and i just have this passion that we would do the same thing yeah i feel like some of the compulsion behind cancel cancel culture is again i'm circling back but to the idea of self-preservation it's like whose opinion do you want who do you want to think well of you Mm. whose opinion are you scared of if your identity is attached to what other people think of or say about you, you will not follow Jesus fiercely. No. We actually have to acknowledge, like, what's going on here? When I have this compulsion, I just think, man, before you ever type out anything or gossip, like, over the coffee shop, this doesn't all happen on the internet. This happens yeah. in relationship with people. Before you start tearing somebody down, talking about them, have you had a conversation with them? Mm. Do you have the heart of Jesus for them? Or are you just thinking, I want the cool kids to like me? Yeah. I got to make sure that I'm on the right side of the line. Yeah. And the line is whatever I've decided. Or the hordes are saying on the internet. Right? It's just, it seems like this whole culture stuff, like a lot of it is just seems, this is my thought, not fully thought out, but. Mm-hmm. You can't, you better be careful because we could cancel you. I know. Based on right? what you so say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all there. these caveats in, so it's okay. <laughs> I wonder how much of it is related to the idolatry of self. Oh, for sure. Right? That it's like that I'm the determiner. I'm the person who gets to decide. Mm-hmm. People have to meet my standards wherever I've gotten them from. Yeah. But if they haven't, then I have the right to. Right? And, it, and there's a fine line between like standing up for justice, standing up for the yeah. widow and the orphan, because we're called to do that. Totally are. And to be fierce yeah. and, and bring things into the light that need to be brought into the light. And this... This other part that is, I'm the judge, I'm the jury, it is my job to deal with you. Absolutely. And so that's the tension that this boils down to. It's like, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do this well? And again, I just have to go back to Jesus, who was... prayer. (laughs) Amy. (laughs) 
it's just going like if you look at the life of Jesus, it actually makes me even as I'm saying this because I'm thinking through it again, I feel physically uncomfortable because mm. you know where he ended up. He ended up on the cross. And he was fighting for the widow and the orphan. He was fighting for you and I, and he was fighting for every Pharisee. But he didn't do it. There's one of the, it's in Isaiah, it says he won't stand on the street corner and cry out. Hmm. He's, not, he's not standing anywhere in scripture as he's standing on the street corner yelling, you know, railing against the Pharisees. Even the, the conversations that people like to quote, well, Jesus told the Pharisees, they were like, why did sepulchers so I can, you know, call out whoever I want because I'm being like Jesus. Well, there's a couple of things to think about. A, is my heart as pure as Jesus? Mine isn't, so I'm guessing maybe yours isn't either. I know a few humans. Yeah. So pure motives. We, I doesn't mean that we can't purify our hearts. But man, before you speak up, I'm going to say it again, Amy, you better mm-hmm. pray. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a pure heart when you're doing it, if you don't have the heart of Jesus for total redemption, not just offense, a lot of the loud noise is coming out of offense. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. It's not redemptive. I recognize in myself not pure heart. We'll want to control, manage. Yep. Self-preserve. Yep. Or self-promote. Yep. And the other thing is this chapter where there's actually this like two columns of Jesus calling out the Pharisees. Check out the context. He's actually talking right to the Pharisees. He was invited to a meal with them. Okay. They called the meeting. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like taking out an ad in the newspaper. He wasn't posting on, you know, he wasn't yeah. tweeting. He was talking to the people that he was addressing and at their invitation. Mm. He didn't chase them down and beat them over the head with a stick. Yeah. He, he was doing love well and yeah. people noticed it and wanted to have conversations with him. Yeah. And in the context of relational conversation, he said these things to the people they applied to. Mm-hmm. And so talking about the Jesus model, yeah. And he did it at personal risk. Mm -hmm. There was a cost to it for him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just having this huge emotional poop that just made him feel so good and self-righteous. He was taking risks for righteousness sake and for love. Mm -hmm. He was driven by love every time. And so in in the church, as believers, Mm -hmm. how do we do this well? Because it seems like in a lot of things, we tend to pendulum swing, mm-hmm. right? So we go from cancel culture, punitive, punish, mm-hmm. and then in an effort to be like, man, recognizing there's issues with that, recognizing, man, this is not good, we we can swing to the other side of like, oh no, there's grace, there's grace. Yep. And then we end up with, you know, I saw a Facebook, I entered into kind of a Facebook uh, Facebook conversation sometimes it is a bit of a bug it is facebook conversation which i normally never do because i'm like i whatever but it was just around like where does redemption and accountability right Mm -hmm. that there are this person used the example of like there are youth pastors that have had affairs with not even affairs actually Mm -hmm. that's that's not correct that sexually abused minors Mm. In their group and now are youth pastoring somewhere else. There's deal. people that have done fraud, mm-hmm. went to another church and are now in charge of the finances. And this person was like, well, where's the accountability? Mm-hmm. And, it, and my response is like, man, redemption and accountability are not mutually exclusive. No. They're actually mutually inclusive. Yeah. It requires both. So walking with people 
I mean, that's the Jesus way, but it's long and it's messy, Amy, and it takes investment. But when I think even in that scenario, I'd be so going after the heart healing of what was behind that sexual abuse, what brokenness was that person Mm -hmm. experiencing in themselves that was compelling them to broken behavior? Yeah. Was there healing for that? Is there evidence of it? Mm -hmm. And what sort of safeguards are in place now to protect them from themselves? Mm -hmm. Right? We all have potholes in our soul. Our, yeah. I, this podcast, so much we, of what we talk about is ways to walk forward that strengthen us so that we don't fall into old potholes. Mm-hmm. A, a, a circle of people that you're vulnerable and honest with yeah. who have permission to speak into your life that you trust. They love you and they will say hard things. That's yeah. the Jesus way. Yeah, and I think, and it also is like recognizing our actions. Right, are out of brokenness, yep. create messes that actually need to be dealt with. And they do have consequences. And consequences. It may be that you should never work with vulnerable yeah. people again or not do it by yourself or, or, or. Or get charged. But you, yeah. And go to jail. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a whole other little rabbit trail that I feel strongly <laughs> about. That right. redemption and accountability within the church does not mean no. that there are no legal ramifications. Absolutely not. That drives me crazy no. when churches are like, no, 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 we'll just deal with it and go off. We'll have grace for them. No. If someone has sexually abused a child, yep. they need to be charged yep. and they need to be dealt with according to the law. Yep. While engaged in the level that they're willing to be engaged with in accountability and redemption. Absolutely. And really our whole penal system had the original intent of being, bringing being redemptive and restorative. I, that's another conversation of how that's going. Yes. But you're right. It's not that there are no consequences. It's this calling out from a distance and saying, you get erased because you did or said something that I don't think is okay. Yeah. And it's not that some things aren't okay. Some things are so wrong, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Probably liking a tweet isn't one of them. No. Or praying for the president when God has said, mm-hmm. I mean, scripture says repeatedly, pray for your leaders. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of persecution I'm up for. If I obey the scripture and I get canceled, that's going to suck. Or even not, I saw some things just around with the Black Lives Matter that certain celebrities mm-hmm. were getting called out because they didn't post anything on social media. How do you and I know? just remember the guy, the main character of Rivendell, I can't remember his name, um, that plays Archie was just like, I'm not on social media ever. Yeah. Like, why are you assuming my silence means something when I'm not on it ever? So why would I just come to blast this yeah. to make sure that I'm whatever? But people were being like, you need to say something. You have to say something. Like, you didn't say anything. Therefore, you are blah, 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 blah. And he's like, what? How can we draw, this is, veers into a whole other thing, and it's about making judgments. The mob is out there making all these judgments without evidence, without relationship. How do they know anything about his life and how he treats other human beings? Just, you can say anything you want on social media. And I'm honestly sick to death of people who do nothing but sit on social media and say a lot of stuff that's actually destructive. I mean. And they're not out in the trenches making a difference in people's lives. It's true. I, I have to say, like. I recognize in myself that while I don't post the judgments on social media. <laughs> what? You're going to make this a hard issue, Amy? When I just want to be it upset is. about a thing? Right. It is. Right. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I think there can be, right? Me as I'm listening, as other people that are like, well, I don't post on social media about that. So I'm good. Mm. But I'm not. I don't post on social media. You don't. But man, I definitely 
in my heart, if I'm making judgments about people, I'm not publicly saying them. But if I'm making judgments in my heart, I'm still making judgments. And I still need to deal with the heart, regardless of whether I've told my whatever hundred people on Facebook. <laughs> Your hundred faithful Facebook followers. No, right? <laughs> it's so true. So it's it's not an either or, it's an and. Yeah. And like don't be sitting out there. I just feel like I think okay, so I've ranted and raved about how it makes me crazy. <laughs> but it actually makes me sad too. Yeah. Because it's increasing chaos and destruction and noise when we're sitting there making all this stuff, feeding strife, fanning the flames that are, I don't see them making a positive difference at all. I see them increasing fear and shame and accusation and judgment. Mm -hmm. So there's that and there's the heart issue. The reality is we all need a savior. So desperately we need him to help us Mm -hmm. clean up our own junk. And help us love people well, which is, again, the Jesus way is taking up your cross. You're going to walk with messy people instead of disassociating from them yeah. and being inconvenienced by them. Mm-hmm. And there's a cost to that. Yeah, there is a cost. But the payoff is redemption. Yeah. As opposed to a cancel culture, which is like, okay, here you go, you're fired. And you're a, no- a person non grata. You have no value. You have nothing to offer. Go hide. Mm-hmm. And you are canceled, you are shunned, you are locked up, and the key is thrown away. Instead, the Jesus way, this redemptive, this culture of redemption, the kingdom of heaven, to walk with people in a way that's fierce and compassionate, accountable and redemptive, it'll cost you everything, but it will redeem. And we all need redemption, we all want it. Yeah, so as our as our listeners have patiently hung in there through our various rabbit trail rants on this, It does matter. And again, when it comes right down to it, we can sit here and rant about the people on the internet, right? As I have done. I sort of humbly apologize. But I feel a lot better now I get off my chest. You have your emotional poop, (laughs) so it's all good. But as we've rumbled through all the everything around this, at the end of the day, it all comes down to our individual hearts and our individual behaviors. Mm -hmm. And you and I totally believe with all our hearts, we want to line ourselves up with the Jesus way. We've Mm -hmm. committed ourselves to figure out how to do this well. And we're not saying we do it perfectly, but we want to be part of a culture of redemption. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we're just going to pursue Jesus and learning how to love like he does as we go further up and further in. (laughs) 